And we came, we came to a general consensus that uh, every single person that, had been, that was there in that particular service, for some reason, the way it played out, that, that all of us had made at least one mistake in our life. So we could all identify with, with that. And, and uh, so I don't know if, uh, you know if that's true of the crowd uh, here uh, tonight or not. Um, and maybe if you said you've never made a mistake, well, that would be your first mistake, not owning up to the fact that you've made a mistake before. Uh, but anyways... So we talked about just some keys to moving on from mistakes. And we talked about how David, a man after God's own heart, you know, he's, he's stuck with that pursuit. And he's stuck with a life of generally being after God's heart and seeking God's ways and serving God, despite the fact that, that there were some catastrophic things that went on in his life, humanly speaking. And due to his own choices <laughs> at times. And there's times where you look at it and you think, you know, that, that would be for sure where David is just going to shut it down right there. I mean, how do you go on from that, right? But he seemed to have just an incredible resiliency because of what he ultimately was pursuing and had his eyes on, even, you know, when the dust settled from those, some of those things and the smoke cleared, you know, he's like, man, okay, i got to get back to this. Don't feel like it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and all of us have been at those points where the temptation is to become despondent or to be angry or to say, what's the use? You know, to flat out give up because something has happened in a certain relationship or in a certain setting. You know, a lot of times there's been, been drastic mistakes that have been made in the context, in a church setting context. And, you know, people have come to the, those, those kind of those crossroads of having to say, you know, how are we going to recover from these mistakes? Well, the way, the way we're going to recover is by just saying, you know, God has never made a mistake. And I'm going I'm to I'm keep going in the direction that he wants me to have ultimately in my life. And, uh, and he'll, you know, God's promises are of such that he'll always make a way for us to do that. As, as, as I said, as, as catastrophic as some events or mistakes um, uh, are at the time. It might be the mistake of another. It might be your mistake. Um, another way of, making a mis uh, of saying a mistake a lot of times is a wrong choice. It's not always the case, but more often than not. Um, so instead, David seemed to always be able to go back to it and... Uh, and find a way to, to get the job done right this, the, the next time. He had a second chance to move the ark, right? Um, and the, the second time that he moved the ark to its intended location, he did it the right way, he did it God's way. And, uh, and so I want to talk tonight about second chances, about second chances. And not, not squandering those opportunities when we have a second chance at something. Let's pray. Lord, uh, I pray that you'd help us now uh, just to be able to take some of these truths, Lord, and, and, uh, and apply them in a way that'll be very practical, be honoring to you, and they'll help us at those times when we feel like um, that it's not worth it. Uh, maybe we're wallowing in a mistake. Maybe we're guilt-ridden. Uh, maybe we're angry. Maybe, maybe we're, we're tempted to be bitter. And uh, Lord, thank you for your grace that is always sufficient, and it's sufficient uh, tonight, even as we look at these truths in Jesus' name. Amen.
Now, in Nahum chapter 1, look at, look at verse 1. It says, the burden of... What, what's what's, the, what's the, the location there? Nineveh. Now, who do you think of uh, right off when you think of Nineveh? Jonah. And uh, it's interesting that in the same narrative, the book of Jonah, you have Jonah getting a second chance. And you have... Nineveh getting a second chance as well. And, and both of them, on different levels, you know, took advantage of the second chance. And, uh, but here, 150 years later, you have Nineveh, the same, the same uh, uh, city, that had one time been wicked. The prophet had come and given them a message of turning back to God. God still was for them and, and wanted them to, 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 uh, uh, to turn to him in repentance, and they did. But 150 years later, they're back at it again. <laughs> um, you know, over the course of time, you know, a, a couple of generations go by, and you have, you know, you have people that forget what God had done. You have people that forget um, the blessings that come from that. And you have people that say, no, we just want to do things our way and what's convenient for us. And we want to pursue our own passions. And it led to a lot of the same wickedness that was there before. And part of that was the way that they were even treating God's people. Um, by the way, Jonah did not want to give them a second chance because of the way that they had treated his people. He was very, you know, he was very angry about that. And uh, didn't think it was fair. Um, <laughs> That's, there's, some, there's some reminders for us there today. I mean, there's times, I have a hard time getting past the imprecatory prayers when it comes to, you know, some of, some of, <laughs> some of the, 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 the people that are in charge of things today <laughs> and, and some of the, the wickedness that they seem to be even, you know, imposing upon children at times. And, and um, it's, uh, it's frustrating and at a certain level, you just want to say, God, shut them down, whatever you got to do, right? And God could do that. But that's not my, that's not my call, right? Uh, ideally, God would see everybody as he does Nineveh and say, you know, I want to give them a chance for, for, to get this right and to do what's right here. And, uh, and so we have, we have Nineveh again, and, uh, and, and let's see what it says here in, ver in chapter 1. It says, The burden of Nineveh, the book of the vision of Nahum, the Elkishite, God is jealous, and the Lord revengeth. And the Lord revengeth and is furious. The Lord will take vengeance on his adversaries, and he re uh, reserveth wrath for his enemies. Now look at this phrase. The Lord is, what's it say? Slow to anger and great in power. Now, you think of that combination of someone, you know, being able to, to have righteous indignation and anger towards things that aren't just. And they're also very powerful. Now, that's, a, that's, a, that's, that's fearsome to consider. And uh, that's the way it is with the Lord. Um, and will not acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind and the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Ultimately, the Lord has his way. He rebuketh the sea and maketh it dry and drieth up all the rivers. Bashan languisheth and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languisheth. The mountains quake at him 
and the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein. That's the power that God has, ultimately. He's the creator, the sustainer. But ultimately, he will have his way how he wants to have his way. Um, and that's why it says in verse 6, Who can stand before his indignation? And who can abide in the fierceness of his anger? His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. That's why, you, want, you know, it's talking about being on God's side when the trouble comes down, right? Um, and he knoweth them that trust in him, but with an overrunning flood he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. So when you read this, you think, man, you know, God is, I mean, he sounds just, just vindictive here. He sounds like a tyrant. He, 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 he sounds like he's just out to get Nineveh. I mean, what did they do that was so bad? And isn't God a God of love? Well, remember, this is the same city that God sent his prophet to, to spare them from judgment. And... His prophet said, I don't want to go to that city because they're so wicked, the way, the, the way that they treat people and you know, the way that they've, they've, uh, they've abused your, your own people. And, but God said, no, you know, I, I love them and I want to give them a chance for repentance. And they did. And God forgave them. It says in this passage here, God is good. <laughs> you know, God, God, He doesn't look to bring judgment initially. Ultimately, he is the judge of all things, and he's the righteous judge of all things. But God is a God who's slow to anger. And I can tell you that I can, I can give you that personal testimony myself. God has been long-suffering. He's been very patient with me. And I imagine he probably has been with you as well. Um, and God is a God, so many times, of second and third and fourth and many chances, uh, for us to, um, you know, to, to, to acknowledge him and to, um, and to see it his way. To confess where we're not seeing it right. To agree with him, that's what confession means. And to turn in the right direction. And so, as you look at his attitude here now, through the, prophet, the message to the prophet Nahum now is different than the, than the message to the prophet Jonah to a certain degree. It's saying, look, you know, I mean, the God of second chances, yeah, he is slow to anger. But you're, you're poking the bear when you've had these chances and then you just go back to the same, you know, you, you, you don't learn uh, through the history of it. And, uh, and you go back to, to the same folly. Um, and so second chances. God has definitely shown himself to me, like I said, as the God of second chances. And it's interesting, in, in, in Jonah chapter 3, it says, the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time. And I think of how many times I've seen clearly what God's word says about an issue and has convicted me. And I've, I've made a momentary decision on that, but then I haven't, I haven't held true to that over time. And maybe that's happened to you, and aren't you glad that God has done what he did with Jonah, where the, Lord, the, the, the word of the, of the Lord came to you a second time, and maybe more than that. I don't know how many times it's been, you know, in my life I haven't kept track. I wish I had in a way, but, 
you know, of times where God's word came to me at just the right time, where I know that that was something in my heart that needed to be dealt with. And when I think about it, I think, you know, God's spoken to me about that before. And so when you look at a passage like this and you just think, God's just an angry God, and, and no wonder people don't want to, you know, acknowledge God or, or believe in God. I mean, he's just like, if that's the way he is, right? But God is so gracious. If you think of him being the, the giver of life and he desires to have a personal relationship with us and, and uh, he gives us light. We're on this. I went to the planetarium when I was at the Creation Museum a month or so ago. And when we're in the planetarium, it did that thing where it gives kind of the scope of what light years are and, and the expanse of the universe and how you get not that far into, you know, even our own galaxy and you can't even see Earth anymore. I mean, it's just like a speck off a speck off a speck, you know. And, it's, and on that little speck, on that little speck, you know, there, there's, there's, there's continents. And on those, in those continents, there's, there's countries. And in those countries, there's provinces or states, right? And in those states, there's, um, there's towns, towns or municipalities. And those, those towns, there's neighborhoods. And those neighborhoods, there's buildings. And those buildings, there's chairs. And you're sitting on one of them. You know, I mean, it's just like, it's so minuscule compared to the grandeur of what God has created. And why, you know, it's like, it's like the psalmist said, what is man that you consider him? You know, what are we in the grand scheme of things? Well, what we are is the one created being that God has made to have a personal relationship with him. That's what we are. That's where the whole sum of our worth is found. It's in acknowledging the fact that God put us on this little ball of mud <laughs> and that we're created in his image with the capacity to have a relationship with our creator God, who's interested in that. But we're rebels against his design. And it's so ludicrous when you think of it. I mean, you think of how puny we are. In the majesty of God's creation, even on this sphere, but then you put it within the context of you know the galaxies and the, and, and everything in the in the uh, in the universe, to think that God even has an ongoing interest to to seek to continue to pursue us is remarkable. And you have Nineveh here, who you know they're into all kinds of deviance and, and wickedness and just pushing. God out of their minds and just going to whatever they want to do, whenever they want to do it, in, 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 in marring um, other created beings, you know, by mistreating them and, and in all kinds of heinous means of torture that they had for their enemies, um, where they'd hang them upside down. I don't even want to go into all the descriptions of what I write about, uh, you know, that what the, the Assyrians did, but it was, it's, just, it's just terrible things. And to think that God still wants to work to salvage that. You know, it's like, it's like the whole God uh, vision of him creating beings that have the capacity of learning about him and walking with him. He's never given up on it. And he's always made a way for that to continue and for those that want to be a part of that to be a part of that. 
And really that's what our whole life consists of, is that little short span within the framework of it all for us to either acknowledge that or ignore it. But God is so good to give us chances on that. And, you know, I'm not going to give my testimony tonight in, in, in detail, but just let me tell you that I am not pastor material by most people's definition. I have done wicked, grievous things towards God in my life. My life is a trophy of grace before God and in His hands. Just like yours is if you're walking with God now. One of the reasons why, as a, as a pastor, I like to, if I can, give people a second chance or beyond if God were so, to so graciously allow is because that's the heart of God towards us. But the thing of it is with second chances is you've got to be careful not to squander them like Nineveh did here. You know that golden opportunity that God gives you? Don't let it pass. God's not obligated to give us any chance, let alone second and third chances. But he does so many times. But don't, don't be presumptuous of God's grace in that regard. And just because God has given you a second chance, don't presume upon multiple chances uh, to follow. And so uh, when it comes to mistakes, you know, so many times God's gracious, even within that same realm, to give you another opportunity at something and, um, and, and, and so don't quit stay focused and driven don't be consumed by your mistakes one person said this real difficulties can be overcome it's only imaginary ones that are unconquerable and the, the point of that is that many times the battles in our mind where we think this cannot be overcome but if God still has you here and God is still giving you truth, and God is still giving you the capacity to acknowledge Him and walk with Him, then it's a new hour. It's another chance. It's another opportunity as to wherever, whatever's going on in your life and wherever um, you find yourself. Um, there's a lot of just very earthy-like examples of this. One, one comes to mind, is, as many of you know, that, that I... Um, one of my, the side things that I do is, is officiate basketball. And, uh, you know, there's so many times, like, where situations come up real fast, and you handle a situation wrongful, you know, wrongly. And you know it at the time. You know, like you responded to a coach in the wrong way. And you know it's counterproductive over time. And it's a mistake. And, but I find that, if, you, if I dwell on that, if I just fixated on the fact that I just blew it, maybe I missed a call. And I realized that, you know, after I whistled a reporter, you know, that, that, I wish I passed on that one. I wish I hadn't called it that way. All right? Now, if I fixate on that moment, like either with that coach or that call or whatever that play was, going forward in that game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be a mess the whole rest of the game. One of the keys to, to officiating in a professional manner 
is you've got to move on from every, every situation. You've got to move on from that. And I found that I learn more from my mistakes many times than I do from when I do it right. Why? Because the mistakes kind of like mortify you at the moment. Like I, you know, I like blew that in front of everybody. All right, I'm tucking that away now. Because you know what? More often than not, almost a very, very similar situation will arise within a game or two. And so what you have there is the opportunity. You just learn from that. Okay, that hurt. That stung. All right? I don't want to repeat that again. And so you, 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 know, you're, you're, you recall that. And then you, you keep going. And you don't let that mistake keep you from focusing on what's coming up. Because there's a lot of important things that are going to happen from that point on that you can't, you got to keep focused on so that you don't keep making the same mistakes over and over again. Does that make sense? That's an illustration sort of of life right there. And, uh, and so um, God's good. We've all, we all make mistakes. We all blow it. Uh, take responsibility, but don't stay there. Move on to the next play. Keep your eye on the big picture. You know, God's got some things for you to do still. And uh, thank Him uh, when He gives you second chances. And don't, uh, uh, don't take those for granted. I hope that was helpful tonight. Uh, let's have a word of prayer. Dear Lord, I thank You for um, Your love for us. And thank You for those that have come here tonight. And